Um, so I, I have a very specific thing that I kind of want to hit hit today, and it's something that is um, it's one of those topics that's so simple that we would all probably immediately agree with so quickly that it's almost hard to put action to. You know, it's, it's hard to, we would all agree that this is valuable. We may even all agree that this is one of the most valuable things, but putting action to it, putting immediate action to it is something that's tricky because it is so big, because it is such a foundational thing. Um, and I, so I just kind of want to paint a little bit of a picture here and the, the title that I have for this message is one um, that I, I really, really like. I stole it from the NIV Bible, and you guys may have alternating feelings about the, the NIV Bible. Um, growing up, my dad used to call it the non-inspired version. <laughs> 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 I've heard lots of other creative names, but that was, that was one around my house. Um, and, you know, the NIV Bible has um, over different kind of sections or different uh, you know, like little stories or ideas. It kind of puts a little paragraph heading, if you've ever seen that. Those are not from the you know, original scripture, but it's just there for mental organization and things like that. And the little headline they put over uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter about love, is something that I just really enjoy. I, and when I first saw that, I just thought, oh man, that's the perfect way to describe this little section of scripture. And the title there is Love is Indispensable. <laughs> and so that's the title that I have for, for this message is that love is indispensable. And so I want to tar- start with a quote that a lot of you are probably familiar with. You've seen it on bumper stickers and trapper keepers and, you know, different <laughs> things like that. Um, have you ever heard of this quote? It's uh, most commonly attributed, uh, attributed to Mahatma Gandhi, which is, a, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. You seen that, heard that quote before? It's a good statement. It's a good phrase. I, I would agree with that statement. Be the change you wish to see in the world. It's a good one, except that Gandhi didn't say it. Um, and it's interesting because I'm going to move to something else that he said, which I think actually goes a lot closer to something that God said. So the original quote, that's a, a, like a condensing of a, an actual quote that Gandhi did make, which went like this. He said, we but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found in the world of our body. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. (laughs) Same basic idea, but the application is a little bit more profound. And to me, it really fits nicely with this scripture. And we don't need to turn here. I'm just going to hit it real quick. It's uh, Romans 12, verse 2 and 3. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And and so just this, this idea of internal transformation, of taking responsibility for our internal transformation is... It's just so, it's so big. It's so important. I want to I tell you a couple of stories that, that, um, that really just kind of wove this thread throughout my life. So it's interesting how o- often and easy, and I, I want to be sensitive because a lot of different people have a lot of different experience with the world, what your worldview is, what your world experience is. It's very different for every person. I had a very interesting introduction to the, to the concept of prejudice, I am, um, like five people just went, <laughs> 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 they're like taking their notes, <laughs> whoop. 
Um, I, so when I was a kid, my parents got saved when I was born, and my dad went to Bible college, and we were like, what's the most Christian-y, awesome, amazing, you know, radical thing we could do? Find a dangerous country and go be missionaries there. And so <laughs> it, was, it was the late 80s, so we decided Russia was the place to go, <laughs> and, you know, Red Dawn and everything. And so we went to Russia to be missionaries, and this was right when communism kind of collapsed, and they were making all those changes in the... Um, in the early, early 90s there, and um, <clears throat> it was really awesome because, you know, it, you know, when I grew up as a kid, you know, Russia were all the, Russians were all the bad guys in the movies, you know, I mean, even Rocky was fighting the Russians, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, that was who the bad guys were, and then when I went there, it was amazing because even though, you know, most of us would agree that the, the government of that time was not very uh, healthy, you know, the Russian people, I was shocked to realize we're just people <laughs> like anyone else who had lived very oppressed lives in, in that point because of the way that their government was set up. And because of that, they, were, they had been lied to about what was going on in the rest of the world. They weren't allowed to listen to any media, any TV from outside of, of their own country. And so when things opened up, they were really excited to meet Western people. They were really excited to meet Americans and I would say that was the vast majority of the people that I interacted with were really excited to, hey, what's going on over there? What do you guys do over there? What's it like? And so I entered into this place where I was immediately liked for no reason other than where I was from, where I, I did part-time at a little missionary co-op for school and then part-time in a Russian school. And everyone wanted to talk to me. Everyone wanted to be my friend. You know, I'm five, six, seven years old. And... Everyone would bring me presents every day to school, and they'd bring me toys, and I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and they would want to talk to me, and they'd want to practice their English with me, you know, and just, it was like, I was just the center of attention, the, and everything. And so that was the, our whole time in Russia. Uh, making a long story short, we, we adopted my youngest sister while we were there, and the l adoption laws were a little bit shaky at that time, so we were advised to move out of the country just in case there was some weirdness with, with that. And so once the adoption went through, we moved to Finland, which is a, you know, a little bit more north, believe it or not, uh, from Russia. And we went to a, so I was living in downtown Moscow in the middle of a, of a big city there, and I moved out to the, we moved out to the country in Finland. <coughs> and it was a really beautiful place. I mean, you know, we would live right by a lake. We are in the middle of the woods. A reindeer would come and eat our laundry. It was great. It's <laughs> 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 not a problem you're normally used to dealing with, but that's, that's how it was. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and when I went to school there, I noticed that it was totally different. It was, it was weird. All of the kids didn't want to talk to me. And if I didn't understand an assignment or there was a language problem, the teacher seemed really frustrated when I would ask a question. And then it, you know, things kind of, I'm going to compress, but then it got to where, like, the kids started being mean to me. They started calling me names. They started practicing their American swear words on me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, in retrospect, it was, it now it's kind of funny. But back, back, back then, it was confusing. It was confusing. And then, like, we'd be on the playground, and they'd throw some snowballs at me. And, you know, I'm like, okay, we're playing. This is great. And I'd throw a snowball back, and then I'd, They'd immediately run to the teacher and say that I started something and I can't explain that I didn't. And so, um, anyway, just, just to 
make it make a long story short, um, my mom ended up pulling me out of the school just because it was like that, and it was just getting kind of worse and worse. And just to clarify, and not to give Finland a bad rap, bad rap because it's an amazing place, but there was kind of one specific teacher who was the head of my class who did have a really negative view of Americans and was kind of egging the other students on, which is you know a, a bummer. But um, and it was kind of some of that classic like oh, America's big you know arrogant country, which is not entirely untrue, um, <laughs> I will admit. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, but I I. Now, even though I didn't fully understand that experience at that time, as I looked back on it, I realized, like, wow, I, I got a really uh, broad experience of two different kinds of prejudices. One where I, I was assumed to be awesome just because of where I was from, and one where I was assumed to be arrogant or mean or not good just because of where I was from. And one of the things that that taught me is that it's so important to know what measuring stick you're using for how well you're doing in life. What measuring stick you're using for how, how well things are going? Because in, in that little simple example, if my measurement is how people treat me, how people respect me, how people show love towards me, I would get two extremely different messages when I was more or less the same kid, you know? More or less the same personality. And so I'm going to talk in a little bit about how to, how to measure that standard. But it's so, I mean, you know, the answer is obvious, is that we have to let the Lord give us the stick that we measure our lives with. We have to. Because if we use anything external, then we'll be subject to that external thing. Whether that's people, whether that's money, whether that's... Now, having loving people around you is an important and valuable thing. Making, having abundance, making money is a valuable thing. <laughs> but if that is the main gauge of our success, then we will be... We'll end up serving that thing. You know what I mean? Not because we're worshiping that thing per se, but because we think that is the gauge for success. And that lets me know how, I'm how well I'm doing, you know? So I'm going to jump to another story. Um, and this has to do with how to, how to make adjustments with what... Since what's going on the inside... What, what we are doing, what our relationship with the Lord looks like, since the goal is that we take responsibility for transformation in ourselves that extends to the world. This is a story about uh, one area that I, I dealt with that in. So my dad is an awesome guy. I've, I've loved my dad my whole life. And, but there was this one season. It was kind of, I would say it was like kind of slowly growing from like 13, 14, 15-ish. It was just kind of in this stage where I started looking at this dad and looking at this dad and started to feel a little bit, um, a little bit, you know, uh, uh, just ha started having these thoughts go around in my mind where, like, uh, you guys familiar with the five love languages at all? It's a worthwhile piece of reading material if you want to learn how to love and be loved better. Um, but, uh, so I'm more of like a touch quality time guy and my dad is very much a, like a hardcore acts of service guy. So, now, I'm very grateful for this in this day and age because if my toilet breaks or my car breaks, my dad is there before I'm done with the phone call fixing it, and, which is amazing. Um, and so because of that, like, my dad always wasn't like, and I'm also a words, words of affirmation person, so my dad wasn't always, he, he would hug me, he would, uh, you know, hold me as a kid and all that stuff, but he was always a little bit awkward about it, and he was always like, you know, like he didn't know exactly what to do kind of thing, you know. <laughs> 
he always tried, which is great, but he, 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 you know, he never did that. And with words of affirmation, things like that, he's a little bit more of a, has been a little bit more of a quiet guy. And, um, you know, there, it's again, he would a lot of times kind of stumble over his words or, you know, not know exactly how to say, you know, just compliments and, and, and good things. And so I started to have, and I would see this dad who was like so good at like really specific, measured, aimed words of affirmation. I saw this dad who was just like, Really, really like l- good at like l- touching in a loving way and, and you know, h- hugging on his kids all the time and everything. And I started very slowly to have this kind of little bit of resentment towards my dad. I wouldn't have called it that at the time, but it was just this thing of like, well, why isn't that happening? Why isn't that happening? Why isn't that going on? It's that, you know, it's that age where you also are realizing that your parents aren't perfect, you know, and so this is all kind of happening at the same time. And I would say, I remember the moment I was sitting at the, the breakfast table. My dad wa- walked into the room, and I just, I, and I had that feeling, that same feeling. It had been very quiet. It had been in the back of my mind, but I had that feeling come up again of a little bit of resentment. And it was that moment where it just crossed over into, like, even I can feel a little bit like, ooh, this doesn't feel healthy. This doesn't feel good, you know? It's, you, you open up the jug of milk, and you turn it, and you're like, I could maybe drink that, but <laughs> it's, it's not okay anymore. I'm definitely not going to drink it tomorrow, but maybe today. <laughs> maybe today. <laughs> it was that kind of thought. <laughs> and, and the second that I had that thought, I immediately heard the Holy Spirit say, what if you decided to receive love from your dad the way that he gives it? And immediately I flashed, and this was all information that I knew, this was all information that I was completely aware of at the time. It just was brought to the front of my mind. I saw my dad's dad, who was a, a much more harsh guy. He um, off and on had problems with alcohol. He was, uh, he was a physical disciplinarian, probably by modern standards it would be considered abusive, but he wasn't you know, horribly, horribly abusive or anything like that. And, um, but he just wasn't, wasn't a very loving guy, and even as a grandfather, you know, he, he, uh, he just wasn't a very loving person, you know. And I saw all of these stories that my dad had told me, not that he, you know, told them all the time, but all of these things that I knew about my dad's relationship with his dad. And then I immediately transposed that to my relationship with my dad, and I saw that even though he maybe wasn't the best at giving words of affirmation, he never stopped trying to give them. Even though he didn't, like, always know exactly what to do with himself when it was like a, hu- a hug or things like that, and, you know, even to this day to a certain extent, he never, ever, ever stopped trying, you know, and kept doing it and letting, letting the awkwardness happen and just keep doing it, you know. And I immediately just felt a swell of affection from my dad. And, and I can honestly say from that point forward, I never once felt unloved by my dad wow. after that. And... It's a very powerful revelation, the, the idea that we have control of some of the valve of how much love is getting to us, yeah. <laughs> from people and from God. <laughs> our perspectives, our beliefs, our, our decisions of this is what love looks like affects how much love we experience. <laughs> Now, trust me, uh, they're, they're, I'm a big advocate of communication and, you know, and con- confrontation and things like that. There are times that we need to ask people to do things differently and we need to talk about this stuff. It's not, alway, it's not always 100% your responsibility, just like 
everyone else is right, you're wrong, figure out how to receive love, you know what I mean? That's, that's not the message that I want to give with this. <laughs> However, we do have a valve on our end, and they have a valve on their end, if that makes sense. And it's important, if we want to be the change we wish to see in the world, to make sure that our valve is open. So I was, um, if I remember correctly, this happened when I was here last year. I, I was, you guys, uh, how many of you were here when I was here last year? Okay. So you may remember, you may not remember, there was one service where I did it a little bit differently, where I kind of, I had the students sit up here the whole time, and I would like prophesy over a couple people, and then I'd talk about something for a minute, and then we'd switch back to prophesying a little bit, and we went back and forth like that, and it was just a little bit different. Um, and so as I was preparing for that, I didn't know I was going to do that about, you know, 10 minutes before I did it. Um, I'm sitting in that very chair right there, and I can't figure out what I want to talk about. I'm going, and my style is I have a bunch of things that I kind of normally talk about, and I'll, I have a hard time preparing ahead of time as far as, like, I'm going to talk about this this day and this this day and this this day. I, I really like to feel the room and feel what the Holy Spirit's doing and be like, okay, I think it's this, this, and this, or, oh, I'm going to do this message, or, no, I'm going to pick from this smorgasbord over here, you know, and, and so it's a little bit of a stressful way to do it, but it's just how it works for me, and so <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, looking through my notes, and, like, this little piece of this sticks out to me, but I'm like, nah, that's not it, and look at this one, eh, nah, that's not it, and I'm just going through, and nothing's, everything's kind of, like, half sticking out, but not, like, not really, yeah, this is what I want to do, and so I'm getting a little bit frustrated, I'm like, man, what's going on, am I missing something? And then I look up, and this is in the middle of worship, and I see the Holy Spirit standing right here. And now please wait to the end before you start getting offended, just so you know. <laughs> Trust me. But I see the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's dancing, and it's just kind of staying in this area. I look down, and I see a chain clasped around the Holy Spirit's ankle. And the chain goes to a spike that's driven in the ground. Remember, I said, stay with me. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And the demeanor that the Holy Spirit has is very, is, is very relaxed. It's not concerned about that, you know, but it's also like dancing over here and like a little like, you know. <laughs> Imagine dancing that's like 99% better than that. <laughs> but, but you get the idea, you know. <laughs> so it wasn't, <laughs> you know. Anyway. <laughs> and then the anointing departed and that was the end. No. Um, so I'm watching that, and I'm having all these things going on. I'm like, man, what's, what's that going what is, is that, what's up with that? And then, I, you know, I, as any good, any good thinker, I, I ran every possibility through my mind. I was like, man, do they got something going on here or something like that? And, you know, thinking about that. And then as soon as I had that thought of, like, I wonder if they have something going on here that's causing this, the Holy Spirit stopped and looked straight at me. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and I just waited for a second, and then I saw a picture of what I did that time, which was inviting the students up, having them prophesy the whole time, kind of doing not really a message, but kind of a mishmash of different things, switching between prophecy and teaching a little bit in between. And I had realized that I had gotten to as non-formulaic as it sounds to a, hey, I figure it out right before the service and I and was listening to the Holy Spirit, I had made a formula out of that, <laughs> you know, and was stuck because he was, the Holy Spirit was saying something that was outside of the formula that I had right then. And the second that I had that thought of, 
oh, I need to do something different, the chain disappeared. And I was like, oh, snap, it was me. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> And so it's, it's so important that we learn to let the Holy Spirit teach us. <laughs> because in, in his, I don't, this isn't a theological, theological statement that I would spread too widely. I think it's just an interesting thought process. I think that there are some areas where the way that we believe and the way that we think because God is, he, he values our free will so much, it will actually limit his ability to interact with us, to release his goodness on us because of the way that we think, <laughs> you know? Now, I don't want to build a theology around that because there's, cause then Paul, Saul wouldn't have turned into Paul, you know? He had a very specific way of thinking that very much blocked out the idea of Jesus and wha-bam, God just did something, you know? And so... It's, I don't want to build a theology around you're completely in control of that, but I think that it, there is value in taking responsibility for the realization that I have to grow in my thinking, yeah. you know? Yeah. <coughs> hmm. So I want to um, I want to kind of touch on two scriptures here that have a similar concept, and I'll, I'll just touch the first one myself, and then maybe we'll turn to the second one. Um, just because this... Um, this to me so greatly outlines what God wants to do with our internal transformation with regards to, to, to having love be the center, love be the focus, love be the transformative force inside ourselves. And like I said, this is a concept that's very simple. And so it's easy to just agree with and then not do anything with it, you know what I mean? So I do want you to be thinking about how, how to interact with it, how to make it personal. I do have one key that I've found that is very helpful and practical in doing this, but let me just illustrate this real quick. So, um, so Matthew 22, verse 36, um, goes like this, and is, you know, there, um, the, this is one of those scenarios, one of my, one of my favorite scenarios in the Bible is when the Pharisees and the Sadducees are kind of just debating with Jesus, which that must have been a good thing to watch. I mean, that must have been a good time if you're, if you're a debate person anyway. And, <laughs> So they're trying to trip him up. They're trying to just find the, the weird question that he doesn't know the answer to. And so much of the Bible, I, I grew up in church. I was a missionary kid. And so there's certain parts of the Bible that I've heard it so many times, and I already know how that scripture ends. And so I think of it as a whole rather than putting myself into the moment and thinking, oh, what would I expect Jesus to say if that was the question that just came out in the room, you know? So this is a fun one to, to kind of do that little thought experiment with. Um, so verse 36 is, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So if we pause, I'm sitting at the dinner, we're sitting having food. Jesus is over there. Some guy says, hey, what's the greatest commandment of the law? I'm familiar with the Mosaic law. I, I live by that. I have value for that. Jesus has already shown value for some of those traditions. He, you know, he said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to complete the law. So my thought process, if I didn't already know what Jesus was going to say, my thought process would be, oh, he's going to give a very eloquent, a very beautiful, a very amazing reason why every piece of the law is just as valuable as the other. He's going to say some, he's going to explain how it's all valuable because it's all spoken by God and it's all just equally important. That's what my brain would expect to happen if I didn't already know what was going to happen. 
But he doesn't say that. He does something really interesting to me. He says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Moments like this are really powerful to me because God just gave us a, or Jesus slash God just gave us a priority list for his commandments. Even going so far as to say all the law and the prophets hang on these two truths, on these two commandments, which another way of saying that is I want you to look at all the other commandments through this filter, <laughs> through this lens. And man, that's just such a powerful thing to me that there, and that when you look at the Pharisees in a lot of ways, that's the mistake that they made is they were looking at this as these rules are the most important. It's like, no, these rules through this lens is the most important. Looking at it through this filter. And Jesus in a, la- in a different scripture really clarifies how that filter is meant to work. And um, you guys can turn to this and we'll, we'll move through it quickly. It's uh, Luke 10, verse uh, 25 to 37. Um, parable of the Good Samaritan, another one of these parables that we've heard so many times that we already know how it ends, we already know how it goes. Um, so another, another situation, Pharisees are asking questions. There's a dis- this discussion going on. And it went like this, verse, Luke 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? Which, it's a very small thing, but it's a very interesting question that Jesus asked. How do you read it? <laughs> we'll leave that one for now, but it's interesting. All right, verse 27, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Okay, so the question that was posed to Jesus, we've, we've established this conversation where, yeah, those are the two most valuable commandments. Maybe you heard that thing that Jesus said previously, you know, maybe not, but he... We've established that love the Lord your God with all mind, heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who is my neighbor is the question. So we go through the story and we know the story. There's multiple people who see this Samaritan who's been attacked. Several of them pass by and then a Samaritan is the one who comes and helps this man. Binds up his wounds, takes him to an inn, pays for his stay, pays for his recovery, and basically loves on this guy. And of course, you know, there's lots of different teachings on this parable. The Samaritans were a very culturally hated people by the Jews at the time for a lot of different reasons, but it was extreme enough that Jews would not go to a inn where it was known that Samaritans had been because they didn't want to eat on the same plates and use the same utensils as Samaritans did. So it was a deep, deep, deep cultural hate. Um, and so the question, so the answer to the question who is my neighbor, is this story. The answer to the question of, okay, those are the rules, then how do I, what is the limits? You know, what, are, what is the scope of those, of those requirements, of those rules? The answer is the Good Samaritan story. And Jesus ends the story 
Verse 35, it said, you know, the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any, any extra expense you have. That's wrapping up the story. Then Jesus says, verse 36, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus said, go and do likewise. The question w was, who is my neighbor? The answer was, here's a story, who was the neighbor? <laughs> the question was, what do I have to do to, to accomplish this rule, to accomplish this task? The answer was, my goal isn't the rule, my goal is an identity. <laughs> my goal is you become a neighbor. <laughs> that you become a person who operates out of love, yeah. that you become love itself. And this is so evident in all of Jesus' teaching. You know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, about how, um, about how you know, Jesus, in some, in some perspectives, raised the stakes on the law. You know, he said, I, I've heard, you've heard it said, you're not supposed to murder anybody. I'm telling you, that if you even have hatred towards someone, that that, that, that is wrong. You're not, even, you're not supposed to have, commit adultery with anyone. If you even have lust for someone in your heart, then you've already committed adultery. He's not making the rules more strict. He's underlining that I'm not here to make you follow the rules. I'm here to transform your heart. Yeah. And these aren't rules to control you. These are boundaries to help you measure how you're growing on the inside. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So what, to me, in a lot of ways, love is recognizing the immeasurable, immeasurable value of something. There's value that can be measured. There's how much work you can get done. There's how much money that thing's worth. There's, there's measurable values for things, but love is recognizing and admiring the immeasurable value of something. Anyone in here who's ever had a baby knows that the, the practical value of a baby is probably a net negative. <laughs> like they take time, they take energy, they take money, and what's their contribution? Usually poop. <laughs> Sometimes vomit. <laughs> Usually poop. <laughs> and, but every single one of us in here would consider a, a baby priceless would consider a baby of immeasurable value, of, of infinite value. Why? Because we're, we're built, we're designed to recognize the immeasurable value of our children, of babies. And that's why, as a parent, I'm sure you know, the parents in this room feel this way, that whether, you, of course, you want your child to su succeed, you want them to be a valuable member of society, you want them to do great things, you want them to have great practical value, but also deep in, they're your son, they're your daughter, they are of value regardless of those things, you know? And so the love part is what recognizes the immeasurable value, <laughs> the value that you can't measure, that you can't really put a stamp on that doesn't change, that doesn't go up and down, it just is. And that is the standard that we are called to bring to every relationship and to every action that we perform on this earth a standard of recognizing the immeasurable quality. The stuff that's not just, did I do it right or do it, do I not, did I not do it right? The question is, did I become love itself? <laughs> did I become love? 
And so I, I stumbled upon this very simple, very practical way of starting a conversation of measuring and checking on the kind of love that I'm operating in on a day-to-day basis. And I will warn you, as simple as this question is to ask yourself, it, is, uh, it can be quite devastating and quite challenging. So you can plug your ears if you want to. But um, So before you do anything, before you do an action, whether it's the most simple action in the world um, or it's something more complex, whether it's just you know, going to buy something or saying hello to your neighbor or you know, the more severe situations where like someone does something mean to you or you're hurt by what someone does or you're annoyed or offended by what someone does. Before you do any action in response to this, ask yourself this very simple question. Is this what love looks like? Is this what love looks like? In some areas, that can be very convicting. That can be, oh man, I wanted to respond this way, but that isn't really what love looks like at all. And I'm called to become love. Is that what love looks like? Is, and these are questions that I, maybe this is overambitious of me, but I think that these are questions that the church as a whole is called to answer, is called to be, to be the, the advocates for, to, to carry the answer for, for the world of what does love look like when someone hates you? What does love look like when someone disagrees with you? What does love look like when someone has no value for things that are deeply important to you? What does love look like when someone tells you no? What does love look like when someone else gets a promotion instead of you? What does love look like when someone resents you? What does love look like when someone lies about you? What does love look like when someone betrays you? And not just the, these severe, you know, more extreme circumstances. What does love look like when we're just going through the, the daily grind? What does love look like when I'm tired? What does love look like when I'm late for something? What does love look like when, when you're the 15th person that's come up to me and asked me for help with something? What does love look like? And the question becomes more nuanced as we go because it's not just a moment-to-moment thing. It's a life picture. Because if, let's just take that, take that example of 15 people ask me for help with something, if by person number 15, 16, and 17, I'm getting exhausted, I'm getting overwhelmed, is it still love to help every single person that comes in front of me when that's actually creating bitterness inside my heart? Then all of a sudden, maybe having a boundary is what love looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? It gets much more nuanced when you're living for an entire generation and to impart that wisdom to the next generation than just a moment of right now, what does love look like? While at the same time, I think you could get so protective and so boundary oriented that all of a sudden, man, is it what love looks like for me to seal myself away from all of these people? You know what I mean? And not stop for the one. And so it's an extremely simple question, but man, is it powerful and man, will it mess you up when you start asking yourself this question just here and there and different points in life. Is this what love looks like? Is this what love looks like? And just to kind of punch you in the gut one more time with this, um, (laughs) 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not know love does not know God, for God is love. (laughs) It's so essential that we learn what love is. 
And if I'm being honest, if I look at the breadth of Christian history, the breadth of church history, I don't know how often the church has been a great picture of what love is. I can think of individual churches for sure, you know, but I can think of a lot of points in human history where the church was not a great picture of what love is, you know? But the cool thing is, is that, you know, that's taking it to the big scale. The cool thing is that it starts with one step at a time. It starts with letting yourself be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I like this. This is the second half of the Gandhi quote that I I made earlier. Um, It goes like this. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. This is the divine mystery supreme, a wonderful thing it is, and the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. It's an amazingly powerful thing that God has put this responsibility in our hands to be able to choose love at any time, to be able to choose transformation, to choose to receive his love. Like that's, that's the most, one of the most terrifying and most beautiful aspects of God's nature is that he sent his son to die on the cross so that we could be redeemed to him, and then he made it a choice. <laughs> It says a lot about what he thinks about us in a good way. <laughs> it says a lot about what he expects of us in a good way. And it creates a tremendous opportunity and puts a lot of power in your hands to actually be the change that you want to see. <laughs> so I would encourage you, next time you feel upset about something that's going on in your country, in your city, in your church, in a work situation where you feel powerless, where you feel like you don't have a choice, where you feel like you, I don't, I don't know how to affect that, how can you be that transformation? How can you change whatever tendency you believe is causing that to happen? How can you be love in that situation? It's a scary question because all of a sudden a lot of responsibility lands in your lap when it was so conveniently placed on leaders and politicians and other people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, so I want to I pray for you guys about this real quick, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy over some of you for a little bit just because it feels good. Um, so real quick, if you would just stand up. I'm just going to pray for you, and we're just going to do a couple things here at the, at the outset as my, as my last act of this year at, at Victory Fellowship. I am... Um, I just really have felt over the last, this is now my third year being here, um, I've just really felt the hand of God both underneath and behind you guys, like propelling you forward and moving you forward. And um, there's a lot of different ways to, to grow in the kingdom. Sometimes God gives you way more than you can handle and grows you into the person who can handle that. Sometimes he gives you really, really, really big promises and challenges you to grow into the person who can be the fulfillment of that promise. And maybe you don't see that promise at all until all of a sudden you've grown to that person and it lands in your hands, you know? And I think there's many examples of both sides of that in this room. And I think this church at different times has been different examples of that. 
but I feel like that there are a few things that you guys have hungered for, and I know that there are a lot of dreams in the house right now about what it looks like to go forward, what it looks like to launch, but I feel like there's a lot of specific things that you guys have been growing towards that you may not even be aware of the significance of what God is laying in your hands. And it's gonna be really, really cool because you have been growing and you have been maturing just out of diligence, just out of trusting God, just out of following His, His will. And so you're going to be shocked that such a reward comes with that diligence and comes with that place. And you'll be shocked at the authority that He places on you as a, on a, as a house and as individuals. And you'll be shocked by the power that He entrusts you with. And so I'm just going to pray into that for, for just a minute here. I am... Um, God, I thank you so much for, these house, for this house, Lord, for these people, God. I thank you that you're transforming every single one of us to be more, a more full picture of your love, a more full picture of your kindness, a more full picture of your glory, God. God, as we, as we continue to grow, as we continue to mature, as we continue to just receive your love, I am. Um, I just release a blessing on this house that they would they, they would continue to accelerate towards towards these specific breakthroughs, these specific areas that you have been growing them towards, Lord. And that it would be an easy transition to receive the authority that comes with that growth and receive the influence that comes with that growth. And to no matter how big they get, no matter how much good is going on that it would be so easy to continue to look on the inside and see where more love can fit in. To look on the inside and find the places where more love can grow, more kindness can grow, and more of God's goodness. I release a grace to become love itself, to become the neighbor, rather than ask who is my neighbor. Release that grace right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Alright, you guys can just sit down for a minute and I actually I I asked um I asked Pastor Ian to help me out a little bit just because I a, a friend of mine started ministering in this style that and I really was interested in the the just authority that was released when he prophesied this way. He came to our church and he invited my, myself because I'm the head of the prophetic ministry there and Steve Hale, our senior leader, and he asked us to pick people for him to prophesy over. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I asked him about it after. I was like, that, that was really neat. Why, you know, what, what, was, what was God telling me about that? And the thing that he said was, he said, I've noticed that there's a different kind of release of the prophetic when I'm partnering it with the authority that's already in the house, you know? And so Ian was kind enough to, to help me out with that. So if you want to just come up here real quick for a minute, I am. Um, and I, I, but before we jump into that, I do want to just clarify one thing. Like when, when I'm picking people to receive prophetic ministry, there's no like who's, who's got the best hair, who's, you know, who's, who's, who's got the best looking tie. You know, it's, I, I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit and I, I don't always know what I'm looking for. You know, it's, and if you get picked, if you don't get picked, this is a great time to ask, well, what does love look like if I don't feel great about not being big? Because, and I, I, I really do agree with that because I've, I've been in lots of situations where people are getting picked for prophecy and I've gotten picked and not gotten picked and everything in between, but it's, 
I truly and genuinely believe that whether in a situation like this you get picked or don't get picked, that there is an equal impartation and an equal anointing that's available if we can posture ourselves to receive it. So, yeah. So pick pick anyone that the Holy Spirit's leading you to. Praise the Lord. Uh, Archie. Archie. So if you'd stand up when he he picks you, that'd be great. Hey, how's it going? So I see this book behind you, and it's this big, thick, old-looking book. And um, as I was looking, the the pages began turning. And as it was turning, it was full of all this good stuff, and it was full of like you know, like it looked like a, kind of like an encyclopedia, and it looked like a really nice one because it had like all these full-color pictures, and it was really nice, really detailed. But I noticed that there were pages missing, and um, I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." And as soon as I saw it, it went through all the pages and then it got to the end and as soon as it did it folded all open real quickly and then the, the pages that were missing came just out of nowhere and sealed back in the book and I heard the Holy Spirit say that you've been on a very long journey of, of um, seeking out heaven's wisdom and seeking out uh, God's wisdom and I just really really want to encourage you that You know, the Bible says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of king, kings to seek it out. I believe that God doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. He hides things so that in the act of discovery, we can actually more fully embrace that revelation. And I just want to uh, wanna commend you because you have been willing to follow what sometimes feels like a wild goose chase because you know it's what God is saying, and you know it's where he's leading you. And I feel very much that on some of these journeys, which have been long ones, that you're coming to the end of a chapter and you're coming to an end of, of, a journey, of that particular journey. And there is going to be, so in, in the completion of that, it may feel for a moment like, well, there was some stuff missing and some of those keys that I was looking for were missing. Boom, that thing's gonna unfold all of a sudden again and God's gonna be like, and here's what those were. And you will see exactly why and how receiving those revelations at that time made it so much easier to really embrace the things that he had for you in those things, if, if that makes sense. And so I just bless that, that as this, I, I honor the diligence that he's shown in pursuing heaven's wisdom, pursuing the wisdom of God, and I just release a blessing on his continued journey. And I just, I just pull that, that revelation moment in, into the present as much as possible, Lord, that that there would be that great moment where it all comes together and that he's, that it's easy also to transfer that gift of wisdom and revelation that he carries to, to others, to, to his children and his spiritual children. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Uh, I can't actually see who that is over there. It's like, it looks like a red shirt to me. Sir, would you have a, a, beer, a beard on? Yep. The fellow that, yep. Cool. What's your name? Jeff? Hello, Jeff. So I see this angel standing with you, and it's holding this um, it's holding a spear, and it's a really tall spear. And it's interesting because it's um, it's really ornate and it's really beautiful, and it has jewels in it, and it's carved very, very beautifully. And you know, uh, and it looks like a throwing spear. 
and my first thought when I saw it was like, man, that's awful nice for something you're just going to throw, you know what I mean? And I heard the Holy Spirit say then that he's created you to be, be a very precise, very powerful, and very, very eloquent instrument, and that you may at, at different times in your life be considered a man of few words or, or, or a person who's re reserved with his words, but I feel like it's because God has always given you very, very valuable, very precious things to say and given you a lot of wisdom about when it's time to release those and when it's time to hold on to them and when it's time to wait. And I just want to encourage you that if you see other people who you know are more like quick fire with things or you feel that kind of a little bit of a trepidation like ah should I say that should I not say that or should I throw in my opinion or, or not it's God has built in this skill set with you to take something that is very precious and can only be thrown once and has to be thrown right at the right time because he's built in you this ability to be able to navigate that with wisdom to navigate that with with the appropriate reverence for it and I just, again, I just want to commend you for being willing, even though there have been times where it feels a little bit hard and it feels like, ah, uh, you know, it, it, it can be something that's a little bit, uh, that can be a struggle to be like, should I say something, should I not, uh, you know, that you've really stewarded that well. And I feel like um, he's going to start giving you even more. Like I saw, the, the one that I see now was kind of carved out of wood. The next one I saw was carved out of gold. The next one was made just out of diamond completely and that he's gonna have you say even more valuable and even more valuable things in situations that are uh, where there are people of higher and even higher influence and so I just bless that in you right now that you would know exactly when to launch those words when to launch those bits of wisdom when to launch the opinion that God's put on your heart and grown in you into those situations and that there would be ears to hear there would be eyes to see that this is the wisdom of heaven that is speaking and and I just declare and I, this, I feel like this goes with it a little bit that it is okay if that wisdom that you have promotes you and, and makes people look to you as someone who carries wisdom. You're a humble guy and you're good at giving the glory to God but he for some of the next season he wants to promote you to, to position you so that you can lay down those next things that he wants to say. And so that is not, that it is not you being prideful to accept the upgrade that God is giving you. And so I just release that right now, that as those upgrades and as those promotions come, it would be easy to know when it's time to accept and when it's time to step into that role and how to operate out of that role with power and humility. In Jesus' name, amen. I love my uh, sound guy. Yep. Right. He's already standing. It's perfect. <laughs> hmm. This is interesting. I um, I see this picture. I saw this picture of you wearing this armor, and at first, it almost looked like that story where. Um, Saul gave David his armor and it was like too big and it was awkward and it was this thing with this armor that was that was really big and it looked you know didn't fit you quite right and it was kind of hanging off and even moving around as like the arm piece was like slipping off like trying to hold it on and everything and it was the, you're walking with the helmet it was like dun, 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 you know like rattling and everything and um, but 
It was interesting because it looked like your instinct was to take it off and this doesn't belong to me. But when you went to take the helmet off, the Holy Spirit said, no, this is yours. And, um, and then I just saw like this full on like, you know, like Rocky training montage thing of like you growing into this. And I just want to really encourage you that you have been very, very diligent in growing into the person that God has promised that you would be. And you've been faithful in the small things. You've been faithful when things didn't feel like they fit and when things didn't make sense and when it felt like more work to keep this thing going than it was worth maybe, that um, you have been very, very faithful in, the, in those things and that I, I feel like over the, probably over the course of this, this year, you're really gonna start to feel it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you you don't really pay attention to your hair growing and all of a sudden one day you realize it's like, oh wow, it's all the way down here, you know, and it's like it feels like it happened all at once, like it didn't grow at all and then it's all at once for what it feels that way. It'll be like that where there's these areas where you've got accustomed to accommodating for that, for that feeling. So where it's like, oh, I this feels right, I feel confident, I know how to use this, I know how to wear this, and I just don't even need to consider keeping this balanced anymore, you know, and keeping this, keeping the, what feels like kind of the downsides of it in place, because there won't be downsides anymore. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, because I saw as you stepped into that place of all the armor fit, there, even though what you were doing in the picture was like training, a training montage, like, you know, just exercising and all that kind of stuff, the second that it was clear that the armor fit, there was medals that appeared all across your chest and stars that appeared above them. And I just want to encourage you that even though in some ways it, parts of your journey for the last bit has felt a little bit low-key, a little bit like uh, in, in some areas you may have not felt like you're on the front lines of particular things, um, you're still... The, the phrase that I heard the Holy Spirit say is you're, you're still growing in veterancy. Like you're still growing in your, in, it's because you're just being faithful to what God is showing you to do, you're getting just as much veterancy if you're on the front lines of the battlefield and having victories there. And so I just bless that growth and I bless that transition that as he steps into this new, new season where his authority is apparent to himself and his authority is apparent to others as his victories that have been just between him and God become something that everyone can see. I just release a blessing and increase on that right now in Jesus' name that, that he would feel so confident to be, the, to be the champion that is seen by many that God has called him to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Actually, I'm going to get Walter to stand, but it's not for you, Walter. It's for your grandson, uh, Blake. I don't think he's here today, is he? He was here the last couple nights. He's probably back at his old church. So. Awesome. Cool. How old is Blake? 19. He's got a good name. I know that much. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So I saw a picture of, of Blake, and I saw... Um, just this storm in his in his chest, and it, in in this picture, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just 
there was so much churning and there was so much going on that it almost kind of felt like a storm. Like it felt like this, there was just a lot. And um, it was interesting because it just looked like the, the, this swirling mass, but then there was like these moments I'd get uh, kind of flashes or snapshots of what was going on. And I saw all of this, all of this dirt, and I saw all of these roots, and I saw all this stuff like that, which is interesting because I say things like dirt, and you can immediately take that to be a negative thing, but it was like, it was like rich soil dirt, you know, it was like that, that good, dark, you know, dirt that you can just see the wealth in, and um, I just feel like he has this just extremely unique, extremely powerful gifting that is... For, for right now, it may feel unsettled, or it may feel like it, it doesn't, there's no root system, where, you know, there's no, it's like, oh, this isn't latched on to anything yet, it doesn't feel like it's growing yet. Um, I actually feel like that swirliness is actually where, how God is fostering in him this, this unique expression for right now, and that as that settles, it's all, I almost see just like, it's like extreme aeration of the soil, you know, where you'll see that actually like, oh man, this was preparing him for such a secure foundation, such a secure um, hold in the giftings that God's given him. And when the picture settled, it wasn't just a little like seedling that was sitting in this soil. It was a big like redwood tree. It was already really big and really mature. And so I actually feel like he's one, he may even show aspects of this already, but I feel like he's one who will actually mature very quickly. And you'll see a great amount of maturity in a very, in very quick bursts of growth. And so I just bless him in that right now. That, um, that as he just continues growing in life and continues discovering all of the things that you put inside of him, Lord, that it would be that it would be easy to weather this this unique expression, Lord, that can feel confusing, that can feel like it's shifting. That, um, that as it settles, he would be so strong, so solid, and so clear in who you've made him to be, that it would be like going from seeds blowing around directly to a big, strong tree. So we just release that right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chris uh, Wilson. Chris Wilson. <laughs> Wherefore art thou, Chris? <laughs> I see an angel standing behind you right now, and he just got these big old jacked arms, like just kaboom, like super big. Um, and I um, asked the Holy Spirit, why, why is he, why is that angel so muscly? And I heard him say that he's he's designed to bring heaven to earth. And I saw this picture, and I've seen. I've seen this at a few different churches. I, I don't remember, I may have seen it here at one point or another, but I see sometimes these pictures of angels bringing down building materials. And I see them laying down like timbers and you know, this, these different building materials. And I saw a picture of that in my mind's eye. And this angel was walking up and picking up timbers and just like, rather than just like digging a hole to, to bury them and putting the concrete, he was just grabbing these timbers and just, just like sinking them into the ground. And sinking them into the ground and just picking up big big boulders and big bricks and just kind of just by himself putting this big house together and I am um, I actually feel you have many giftings but I feel like one of your giftings is a really really unique and powerful gift of intercession for building the foundation and laying the 
the structure of heaven coming to earth and that you have just this really um, just this real strong anointing for for praying into and declaring and dreaming about some of the things that are in God's heart to to be released on the earth and there may have even been times where that has caused frustration because you see what could be and it's not there yet you know you see what God wants to do but it's not there yet and you see what could be or who this person could be or what they could be doing and they're not quite there yet and in, and I know and I know that how that feels that's frustrating but I feel like God has given you a grace to be be declaring foundation, declaring structure, declaring permanence to things that aren't there yet. And even though that, that, that can be frustrating, just know that you are laying down things that may, are making it possible. And you're, you're built to see for far ahead, and you're built to see further than where people are at right now. And the Holy Spirit will also guide you on how to not let that to be, frust to be too frustrating but also, to an extent, it's designed to be frustrating because it's that irritation that pushes us ahead to what's next. But it's also meant to be in balance and in, in a place of peace. And so he'll show you how to protect that peace while still having that, that holy irritation on, that, that pushes it forward, you know? So I just bless that in you, that you would, that it would be so clear that, um, the areas that you're meant to pray into, to speak into, to declare into, to dream into. And I just, I, the, the, the thing that I pray is that it is really easy to feel the effect that you're having in the Spirit. That it wouldn't feel in vain. That this, that's the lie that comes to so many people with an intercessory gift. That it wouldn't feel like it's in vain. That it wouldn't feel like you're throwing sand into the wind. That it wouldn't feel fruitless. But that you would feel the spiritual effect that's being laid down. That you would feel the spiritual authority that you are releasing into an environment. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, uh, Ro Hello? The Holy, as soon as you stood up, uh, I heard the Holy Spirit say, she's got that dangerous kind of love. <laughs> the kind that gets everywhere and doesn't get out. And I saw this picture. It, it's kind of a silly picture, but it was actually really powerful. I saw, I saw a picture of you with a sprinkler on your head. like, uh, And um, you're walking into this room, and it was just spraying this paint everywhere. <laughs> It was all different colors, and it was interesting because the, at first glance, it looked like what would happen if you had a sprinkler that was spraying paint everywhere. It was getting paint all over the room. <laughs> but then, after just like a quarter second of it sitting there, it, all of the paint, all the different colors started moving, and they started, it started like wiggling on the ground, almost like it was like a little, you know, ladybug or something, and started skittering onto people, and it was amazing because the picture looked normal but as this color started as it would touch people it would like infect them with color and it would get the all the hues and all the colors of their skin and their clothing just got brighter and even though the picture looked normal at first I realized that all as all this color was coming in that it was the picture was actually very dim but these 
the, this color was just bringing the life, bringing the light to everything. And again, I think that a lot of what you have in, in some ways is a very intercessory gifting where, you know, it's a different kind in the sense that by being present, you make heaven more available. And by being present, you make revelation about who we are in Christ and how he sees us and the, the expressions that he has put in us more apparent. And I am... Yeah, I just want to encourage you that you, you carry a love and you carry a love for people that is so infectious. And there may be times where people have gotten stuck on that initial moment of where it feels like it's messy or it feels like that people are resistant to it or things like that. I just want to encourage you that that is just, you know, it's like that, ta- that moment when you're, you're feeling really frustrated about something when you're like coming home from school as a kid and you're really you know upset and your mom gives you a big hug and you're like get off me but then after but after a quarter second you're like okay this is nice <laughs> you know it, it's that you know what i mean it's that thing where we're like where we like being upset and so we're like kind of actually resistant to the solution of the problem sort of thing and that you you actually carry I feel like you actually carry a grace to release people into a lot of what I was talking about today, about seeing love, about being love, about, about changing the way that we think next. So I just, I just bless you in that, that you would continue just to be an intercessory um, release of the love of God, that it would be infectious, that it would get everywhere, that it would sometimes be messy, but it would always just infect every person in every place with a love that remains, with a love that sustains, with a love that reveals the glory that's available. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. uh, Joanna? Right. As soon as you stood up, I heard the Holy Spirit say that you are a powerhouse. <laughs> everyone agrees (laughs) Um, yeah you're just such a powerhouse you um, you have such a grace for making dreams possible for making uh, the dreams that God has for others the 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 dreams that other people have possible, that you, um, your encouragement and your, your kindness counts for so much, you know, like it, the words that you say over people count for so much, it adds so much to, to where people are at, I, um, I saw this picture of this train, and it was barreling down these tracks, and it was an old-fashioned steam train, you know, it's got the, the steam coming out the top, and it's the metal wheels that are going on the metal track. And I watched you walk up to the, um, to the tracks and you laid your hands on them and this electricity shot through the tracks and hit the train and it turned into like a modern freight train. Like, like you know, the, the big, more modern engine that goes, goes faster and can um, you know, go further. And then you touch the track again and there was another jolt of electricity and the track changed into more like what a bullet train or a maglev train is, where it's that, like they have in Japan, it's like this train that just actually hovers over 
the, the track and it transformed the train to go even faster, to go even stronger, to go even further. And the cool thing was too, was that this, the, this sounds stressful, but don't worry, it ends good. Um, the whole time you were standing on the tracks when you were laying your hands on it and the train was coming directly towards you. And it was interesting because what you were doing was making the train go faster and get more advanced. And then the train came and looked like it was gonna smack into you, but then uh, Jesus stepped up from behind you, picked you up. And it was interesting because the train didn't slow down and it didn't stop, but it wasn't like this jerky thing. Like he just picked you up, lifted you up, opened the door and set you in the train. And I um, I feel like with that, that the Holy Spirit is saying that the things that you've prayed into, the things that you have even given into financially, the things that you have um, been interceding for, that in a very surprising twist, I think God is going to put you right in the middle of being an active participant in those things happening. And, and I think that's actually going to be a very swift uh, change where it literally is from you're in this intercessory position to boom, 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 you're on the train. But it's not going to feel abrupt, which again, it feels impossible, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's going to be the most, from your perspective and from what God is showing you, it's going to be so clear and so easy to be like, oh, this makes perfect sense that I'm hopping onto this and going going on on this track now and going on now. And so I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like specifically, but I feel like it has to do with even areas that you've given into financially, areas that you've interceded into, things that have just been on your heart, ministries that have been on your heart, that um, where you have been releasing God's love and glory to those things from a distance, he's going to snap you right into the middle of some of the front lines of those areas. So, so I just release a blessing on that, that it would be so clear what that transition looks like and what that step looks like. And that it just is in that picture, even though it's a quick change that would feel so smooth and so easy and so right that it would just flow naturally, that it would flow easily. And I just, um, in that, I, I just heard the Holy Spirit say that the, the joy that you're going to get to experience, the joy of riding momentum that you've created riding and experiencing firsthand momentum that you've created with your giving, with your loving, and with your interceding. You're going to, you, you, you gave and prayed into those areas without ex expecting to be involved in them directly, without expecting to have your hands right in the middle of those things, but you're going to be swept into the middle of those things, and the joy is going to be even more because you get to experience firsthand the benefit of what you've been investing. So I just release that in Jesus' name. All right, so we're, we're going to wrap up here and transition in a moment. There's just two more very quick things that I wanted to do. I wanted to prophesy over Alex, and if you would just come up here, actually, that would be great for me. <laughs> you get the, you get the, the on-stage style. Um, I just, you know, I've gotten to hang out with you for three years, and I just, um, I really feel that there's just been this acceleration that's gone on with you over the last few years, and like you were already in it when I when I arrived, but it's just very beautiful for me to see the the growth pattern that you've been on, the combination of being so diligent with what God's put right in front of you, but so hopeful with things that seem even out of reach or impossible or 
or, or extreme. And I just, um, I feel like you're coming to a culmination point where it, it's different for everyone, but it feels like the point that I came to when in, in my story, I went from mostly growing on the inside, most of the successes that I felt were when I was just having conversations with the Holy Spirit about the things that I saw and felt versus, and I still, I still prophesied, I still did things externally, but the main growth was happening on the internal conversations to where the gears switched to where the main focus to be external and the main focus was releasing it to the body and releasing it in different areas. And I, I it, will, it will look different and it will look unique to you, but I feel like God, you're coming to that transition point where you still function in the prophetic. You, you have given words, you have regularly you know, given out, but it's a shift to where those are going to be the areas where you see the greatest leaps and bounds in growth and in maturity and in authority. And I just see this mantle of prophetic authority being laid on your shoulders. And I um, and I just um, I want to honor that. And I want to honor what God's doing with you and what he's growing in you. And so God, I thank you so much for Alex. Lord, I thank you for his diligence. I thank you for his kindness. I thank you that he has made your heart, the greatest measuring stick of his life, Lord, and your your love, the greatest measuring stick of his life, God. And I just release and bless this, this season of growth, this season of transition, this season of new authority being laid upon him, Lord, that it would be easy to function with a, with a governmental voice, that it would be easy to function with great prophetic authority, and that it would be easy to speak, begin to speak things into being that there isn't even the foundation for, there isn't even the beginning for, that he would give words that would create new things in whole, right in front of people, Lord. That there would just be a great transformative power to the words that he gives, a great transformative power to the prophetic visions that he has, that he would be a, a great source of clarity, of direction, and of hope for this house, God. And I just, um, Lord, release the authority that you've given me as a prophetic voice, and I extend that to him right now in Jesus' name. And the grace and experience that you've given me, Lord, I just release it at his back, God, that it would carry him forward into all of the amazing new areas and amazing new places you have for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right, so the absolute last thing that I want to do, if you'll ever get rid of me, is um, I actually heard a rumor that it's someone's birthday today. <laughs> Just a rumor. <laughs> it may or may not be true. <laughs> Very close enough, close enough for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. There's, there's a couple things that I've just been feeling um, for... If you, oh, I gave you a receipt. Perfect. Um, yeah, I um. Again, also similar, similar with Alex. In the three years that I've come here, I've been so honored by the humility with which you carry the authority that God's put upon you, and I'm so honored by the the patience and the kindness and the the trust in God's voice. And I have a very similar respect for you that I do for my for my pastor Steve. That he is he's also a man who came from the business world, who, with his gift set, with his talents, you may not think 
at first glance that like, oh, this guy would be a minister of a, of a highly supernatural church. But it's so amazing to me and I'm so honored by people that, that put more account on what God says about them than what, looks, than what it looks like. Even when it, what that looks like is something when it's business success, when it's things like that. And so I just bless you for the, for the honor you've shown for the Holy Spirit, for the trust that you've shown in the Holy Spirit. And I bless you in this season. I see um, I just see this angel standing behind you. I've seen it standing behind you the whole weekend, and I've been, I've been saving it to now to tell um, It's wearing this, um, this robe, and it has many layers. It actually has dozens of layers, and it looks very heavy because there's so many layers of cloth. But the angel moves very swiftly and very fast, and it's very light on its feet and it's resting its hands at your back. And I just feel that as you guys step into some of these new ideas with Buffalo, some of these new ideas here, that there is, um, there is gonna be such a spirit of acceleration and ease that comes with this. Like, the burden is heavy, but the power, is, the, the power of the Lord on, on you guys is so great that the burden doesn't mean it, it's it's almost irrelevant to the speed, the swiftness, and the flexibility of movement. So I just release that in this season right now, that there'd be such flexibility, such ease, and such, such acceleration that it would be so simple and so easy to continue to step into that next layer of following the hands of the Holy Spirit, following the grace that the Holy Spirit has left, left, landed for us. And I just don't... Thank you again for that continued, continued trust in the voice of the Holy Spirit, that honor for his presence, and that honor for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you all just stand and just sing really quickly? Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Ian. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Can I just get you to sit for one minute? Because I really want us to be a blessing to uh, Blake and his team as, they're, as we're letting them go. I just woke up this morning with this deep, just a deep understanding of uh, the word gratitude uh, towards these guys and the blessing that they have been since they got here. Um, and I, the words that I heard was, you know, gratitude is an attitude, but it's also an action. Um, in uh, Corinthians chapter 8, it tells us that, you know, to give according to that which we have. And so our gratitude is really uh, an expression of honor towards these guys uh, in our financial, uh, you know, our, the way we will bless them financially on their way out the door. And so I really just encourage you, uh, what we have received this weekend, these are world-class people who are in our midst. Um, and I just feel like it's a great thing that we have the opportunity at the close of the conference to, to be able to be a really rich blessing to them as we send them on their way to be a, a great blessing to other people and then get back on a plane next spring and come on back here for uh, another season with us, amen. Uh, and so we wanna, we wanna, as you're doing that also, can we just pray for you and send you off with a blessing? So let's just extend our hands as you're pulling out your money and blessing him. Let's bless him spiritually.
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for Blake. We thank you for April. And they have four beautiful children. Lord, we thank Hi, you April. for this family of love, for this family of energy, this family of vibrancy, Lord, like a Holy Ghost tornado, Lord, just turning up, Lord, the thing you want turned up in the name of Jesus, in areas, Lord, in cities, in regions, in individual lives, in the name of Jesus. Lord, only, Father, to see as that tornado leaves, beautiful green grass, beautiful sunshine, stability, Father. I thank you that they truly as a family a marker of heaven i thank yes. you father everywhere they go they bring heaven everywhere they go they bring life everywhere they go they bring stability and the love of god and father i thank you that your face shines upon on them as a, a family I thank you father that you have blessed them with much joy and laughter Lord that's what I see much joy and laughter Lord as you're sending them in Lord to do Lord Lord such big 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 things but Lord I thank you that they're doing them with such simplicity and there's always the mark of joy on what they do there's always the mark of strength and laughter and transformation in the name of Jesus father we declare Lord the honor of having this beautiful gift of yours with us we are honored father and we desire Lord to honor him spiritually and to honor him financially and we ask Lord today in the name of Jesus pour out on him father let the rains of heaven pour out upon their family in the name of Jesus we even prophesy God not only Lord that joy and that spiritual strength but Lord money we declare over yes. their family bless them. Bless in them. the name of Jesus gone are the days Lord of just you know living in the living in the the I don't want to say not enough but Lord because I know you've been a blessing to them but we're declaring father the abundance yes. the rain yes. of heaven Lord to the place where you step out on your front porch and you say is it still raining? But Lord, we thank you that it's raining blessing. It's raining in the natural, Lord, abundance and blessing. More than enough, God. More than enough overflow, Lord. Because, Father, truly they, I want to say they, because you have called them together and they didn't have it any other way. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this Holy Ghost force of a family. Lord, bless them. And we declare as a house, we will never. We will ride the wave for some time because truly wisdom has been released. And because of it, Lord, we thank you and we thank them. We thank you for April, Lord, allowing him to come and family and being the great woman of God that she is. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. We bless him today as we would bless you with the best, the best that we have in the name of Jesus. And we thank Amen. you for it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.